Do you ever wake up and first thing in the morning your heart is pounding? Like you feel like you have anxiety and you haven't even gotten out of your bed? Oh my gosh, I've experienced that so many times, especially during certain phases of my menstrual cycle. And so what I drink every single morning, I've been drinking it for almost five years now, is Organifi Green Juice. There's 16 different superfoods. It's super easy. You just put a scoop in water. It tastes like mint tea. It doesn't taste bad because I've tried a lot of different green juices and a lot of them taste real bad. They taste like grass. This one does not. It tastes sweet and minty and it's delicious. And I literally can feel my heart rate start to go down. I could feel a sense of like natural energy, but not like the caffeinated kind of energy. So highly recommend it if you're looking for a way to get those superfoods into your diet. If you know you're not gonna be able to eat the amount of veggies that your body needs in order to feel your best, check out Organifi Green Juice. There's a link in the bio. You can use the code KLO, K-L-O-W, and that'll give you a little discount at checkout. All right, guys, let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I took a little hiatus, a little sabbatical, if you will, um, and I'm back. And I had a conversation this morning that really inspired me that uh, led to a topic that we're going to be talking about today. So if you are someone that, you know, when you first meet someone, you get obsessed. You know, you want to look at all their social media. You start imagining, visualizing things with them, starting to look at, okay, what are they into? What you, you're willing to like bend and, and conform to with them in order to be with them, right? And there's just like an obsession that happens and it kind of takes over. You know, whether this is, um, it doesn't matter the time period. Like if this resonates with you, you know who you are. So I was definitely this person at certain points, whenever I would meet someone, my eyes would just like fixate on them. And that was the only person that I could think about. And I wanted so badly to be, you know, loved by them, even at like, you know, very, you know, short encounters of meeting someone. And it was like this, you know, I think it's the optimist within me too, is like romanticizing things, always wanting to see the best in people. And yeah, that's definitely gotten me in situations where I was like, oh, okay, I should have left a long time ago. Um, but that's the journey. That's that's our own personal journey. And so I just want to share a few things that have helped me with that. You know, now I am in a relationship. We've been together for a year and a half. And like, he definitely is my person. He's my man. He's the one for me. Um, and But the thing is, it was really hard. Like when I first met him, I definitely thought that. And then as the relationship progressed, it was almost like my ego, the protective part started pulling away, you know, the skepticism um, as the big issues between us came up that were going to come up eventually that needed to come up for like the growth and evolution of our relationship. Uh, it, it, it definitely, it's easier to be like, no, I don't know if this is the one. And but let's talk about the one, right? It's easy to fixate on the one. But prior to meeting the boyfriend that I'm with now, I did multiple dating sprints. So I literally would go on social, on um, not social media, on the dating apps. And I normally planned it around my menstrual cycle where I knew I'm like, okay, I'm going to be ovulating. I'm going to be full of energy. I'm going to be open to socializing and connecting. And the goal was connection. The goal was not to find my soulmate. I actually at the time was not that interested in, in a relationship. I just wanted to practice dating in preparation for the person that I, that I wanted to end up with, the type of person. So the first time I did this, I, def I initiated the dates where I was like, hey, are you available this day? You want to go do this? Right? I initiated them. It was really interesting because the type of um, men that I attracted were a lot different than the second time I did the experiment of 
not inviting anyone and only going out on dates on men with men that invited me, that showed the initiative of being able to ask me out and like kind of claim that they wanted that time. And uh, so what I did on the first round, um, if I didn't feel a connection with them right away, I practiced asking questions, being curious, like getting to know them as a human being, because I realized that I had this, like my shadow, okay, and I don't like, this is just my own inner workings that I am letting you in on, okay, I had this, 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 um, belief in this like agreement, this seated agreement deep down that, you know, men were nice to have around, but you don't really need them. That, you know, it's more of like for, you know, sex is great. You know, they can give us our babies, but at the end of the day, they ain't good for nothing, right? Just very distorted, sexist view looking down on men, and I didn't even know and realize like this um, belief in this, this was an undercurrent in my subconscious, right? Until certain things that like popped up for me in 2020 when I was living in Mexico. And it's just like a vortex of energy and like all your shit comes up. And that came up of realizing that I was using men while claiming and, and being upset, feeling that men were just trying to use me. I was projecting it because I also had this belief that it would be easier alone, that you can't really rely on men, that all men are just going to let you down and you're going to have to fucking do it yourself anyways, right? You know, if you want to get it done, you got to do it yourself. Miss Independent, can't rely on no one. But a lot of that was actually like a, a expression of, of stored trauma. It was an expression of stored trauma because the trauma was, you know, the safest, the way to be safe is to be alone. The way to be safe is to do it by yourself. The way to be safe is to not really let anyone in, right? And so because that was a deep-rooted subconscious belief that was running me and I didn't even realize it, I always was keeping people at a distance. So I was always attracting people that also had that same um, block to emotional availability. So it was really interesting. Those are some things that came up with me that I realized I needed to practice dating, connecting with men, and getting to know them as a human being, not as a sex object, not as um, what they could do for me, not as the validation they could create for me, right? Because if I think they're hot and they're interested in me, then I feel validated, right? It was always about me versus actually focusing out and getting to know that person as if it was like a friend's little brother, or as if it was my brother, right? And I realized how different I was going into conversations when I wasn't looking at people and only talking to guys that I was sexually interested in, right? And I also realized too, how many great relationships were developed through like coworkers or through different things that like, oh, like first, um, I wasn't attracted to them at all, but as we got to know each other, because I wasn't attracted to them, I allowed them to see the real me. And this kind of comes full circle to that, you know, if you feel like you lose yourself in relationships, it's often rooted in this fear that I need to adjust to be what I think they want me to be so they don't leave, so I don't lose them, so I won't be alone. Um, But practicing dating helps deal with that fear of being rejected by being the one who is rejecting. So at the end of like, there's, there's, probably three or four dates where I knew right away that I was not attracted to them 
and it just, that wasn't my person. But throughout the date, I just asked about their life, got to know them. And then at the end of the date, I told them, I said, hey, it was really great getting to know you and, and, not but, and I don't feel the spark. You know, I don't really feel it. So I just wanted to tell you up front, you know, but it was great getting to know you and I wish you all the best, right? And it is so empowering to be real rather than nice, right? And each time I said that, like, because it was so direct and in person and it wasn't through a vague text, it wasn't through ghosting, um, the response was like, oh, all right, well, cool. It was nice to meet you too. Like, you know, thanks for telling me. Almost, (laughs) I think all of them were like, thanks for telling me, you know, because then it can close that and allow for something else to open for them and for me. Versus wondering what if or creating expectations or hopes because I don't want to come across mean, right? This is when ghosting happens, when it's like a fear of rejecting other people. And so by you practicing being real rather than nice and just that being your honesty, you're practicing rejecting other people on the deepest level. And what that does is help create confidence to not be so knocked off you know, your core when someone else rejects you. Okay. And so that was like something that I didn't realize was going to come out of this little dating experiment was, you know, learning how to reject other people when it was the truth and honest, not rooted in like a fear, but rooted in love because that was what was true. Um, It really boosted my confidence. It was really empowering. Um, And so nothing came out of it. Like the goal was connection. I just wanted to be in the energy and the vibration of connection and talking to people and putting myself out there. And the second, and honestly, the reason why I was doing it was because I was trying to grow my business. So when I was running the glow mastermind, the self-love mastermind series, um, I would go out on dates during my sales cycles because the sales cycles are when I'm connecting with other women that could potentially be clients and work with me if this program was meant for them. And so I kind of asked myself, looking at my life in a holistic way, where am I not open to connection? Because this might show up in my business because of the, like, the spiritual connectedness of my internal state and how it affected my business. Like, it was just so you know, inter intertwined. So I was like, where am I not, uh, where am I not open to connection? It was definitely within my personal life and dating and romantic relationships. And so I got out of my comfort zone in a way to be willing to, to invest time into that. But I literally was like, didn't care either way in some way. Like I booked so many dates, it felt like appointments, but I needed that because I needed to care a little bit less in order to preserve my own sense of self-confidence and self-worth because in the past I would care so much what they thought of me. I would be worried or I would be in my head or I would just be uh, very you know, agreeable to the max because I wanted approval and I wanted to be chosen, right? Obviously there are situations where if I knew right away I didn't like them, it didn't matter. But for relationships that I actually cared about, you know, it's easy to get obsessed and kind of lose yourself in. And because I've had experience in the past of a traumatic relationship that happened in my early 20s, that's like a rooted fear that I've had to continuously work through throughout ever since then, you know, almost 10 years of learning how to trust myself again, because it was, 
I, I got manipulated without realizing. So it was really hard to trust people. And so, you know, and then it's, it, it's easy. What I ended up doing as a, as like a side effect of that, or as a result of that was dating people that I didn't actually like because they couldn't actually hurt me because I didn't actually like them. I was safe dating. Let's call it safe dating. You're dating people you know you wouldn't marry, but it's nice to be courted. It's nice to be desired. It's nice to have that connection and closeness with someone. Um, you know, so, and I was talking, I was talking to my friend earlier today about this and she said, she's like, I think I need to be, you know, a polygamist and date multiple people to learn how to, you know, be myself. And I told her, and I'm going to tell you, like, you don't have to be a polygamist to date multiple people. That is dating. So like a couple years ago, kind of the framework that I gave myself, which some of you might cringe at this, but it just worked for me, was I was like, I want to date like a man. And so what that meant for me, (laughs) what that meant for me was I want to date multiple people without carrying any guilt that I'm doing something wrong. Until there's that verbal agreement of exclusivity or commitment, I am free to date whoever I want. And I have nothing to be guilty about and I have nothing to feel bad about because that's like the definition of dating in the modern world is going out on dates with multiple people. I think men can do it a little bit better than women can because this is just what I've noticed, you know, um, is that it's easier to, to, to meet one person and be like, no, I want to focus on them. You know, people say putting your, all your eggs in one basket. And obviously I'm talking about the very early stages of dating, allowing yourself to go on first dates often when you're feeling it, right? Um, and putting yourself out there with the goal of connection rather than it being the goal of finding the one to complete you. You know what I mean? Like you are a full package all by yourself and you want to find someone who you can share that joy with versus feeling like you need to find someone to activate your joy, right? You got to activate that joy and then bring it so, so you can vibrationally, energetically meet up with someone who also has a sense of joy and a sense of self that you guys could share that together versus having a constant need from each other. So if you go into dating, having this need that you're wanting to be met, you'll probably meet someone who wants to meet it. Um, but is it going to be actually a balanced relationship in, a, in the long run? Maybe, maybe not. So just a couple like guidelines that I gave myself when I did these dating experiments is one of the first ones was, you know, telling someone if I didn't feel the spark at the end of the date, no matter what, if I didn't feel it, I got to practice trusting myself that I'm not missing anything or that, you know, it's okay to be honest, you know, all these things. The second thing was if I did like them, not letting it go beyond a a little cheeky kiss, like a little peck almost, or beyond the first date. Because I think like my own, uh, the desire to be connected to someone, my own impulsiveness, uh, it that was definitely something for me that I had to practice doing because in the past, if I really liked someone, I wanted to have like the deepest form of connection with them possible and right away, right? It's like, I want it and I want it now kind of a thing. And I think that sometimes could sabotage and ruin certain relationships because it's going so far so quick. And so that was like those two guidelines was, okay, tell them right away if you don't feel it. And then the second thing for me was not sleeping on the first date, no having sex, you know, only a kiss. Um, and those two things helped like guide these little experiments. And actually on the second one, I met my boyfriend. So it's not like, yeah, the goal is connection, but you might actually find a gem in there as you're going through and practicing being yourself and being true to yourself. And 
I, I'm going to be open with you about this, that there still has been times over the past year and a half that it was this fear of, am I losing myself? Am I going to lose myself, right? This worry, because that's lingering in my subconscious. And the way that I've, I've worked with that, you know, and, and how that's come up for me is really reconnecting to what is true for me. What are things that bring me joy? Are there things that I haven't been doing that I want to, but I haven't been because of my relationship? Because at the end of the day, that's on me. There's no blame here. It is 100% up to me to be myself. And this is the part, there's a little cognitive dissonance because the ego, the protective part is like, hey, you know, we need to dim it down a little bit because this makes the relationship easier when we act a certain way. So the protective mechanism is let's act a certain way, right? And that is what manifests the feeling of losing ourselves because we're trying to live through the eyes of someone else versus the eyes of ourselves, and through the eyes of, for me, it's through the eyes of God and the universe and what's possible. Um, but the cognitive dissonance is I also know. So part of me, it's like, okay, I know that things could be easier this way. But the other part is if, and this is the sole truth, that I know, not the egoic truth, the soul truth within me knows if I am fully myself, the relationship will get so much better because me being fully myself drops my own sense of judgment down and drops that guard down. And when that guard is down, I'm inviting him into a space of non-judgment, into a space of, you know, silliness or whatever it might be of being, you know, reflecting back who I am. And, and, and it's not necessarily, he's going to reflect back at right, reflect it back in the same way. This is where there's polarity in the relationship where you feel safe enough to take up space being for yourself while they also feel safe to take up space being themselves, which might be expressed very differently, you know? And so this is where there's like a little bit of polarity of like each person kind of really owning who they are. And it creates just, it's really nice, but it definitely takes practice, practicing um, being honest with who you are. And so one more little tip that someone gave me that helped me so much when I was obsessing and like imagining having someone's babies after the first date was um, not planning my life around them longer than I've met them. So if I've only known them for two weeks, not including them in my life plans for more than two weeks into the future. So if you've been dating someone for one month, Include them in plans in your life for one month in the future, right? Obviously, take it or leave it. But for me, it helped so much creating a little bit of a framework to reel in my obsessive mind that just wanted to love and be loved and, and, and find it in all the ways possible, right? So if you find yourself being obsessive and you're afraid to lose yourself, maybe try practice dating. Practice dating. It gets to be carefree. It gets to be lighthearted. You get to practice being honest and open. You get to practice being um, in the presence of, you know, whoever it is that you're attracted to, man or woman, and just really getting to know them as a person versus wondering what you can get from them or the validation you can get through them or the type, you know, it, it's practicing authenticity and, you know, it can be harder than we think because we have these protective parts that that tell us it's not safe to do so. And that's the healing when we're challenging that and we're like, well, it's a trust fall. I'm going to open up and I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see if this person can match or can open up with me or whatever it might be. And and it kind of comes back to, to practicing, practicing being the rejector 
So you are not as afraid of being rejected because they're definitely connected. All right. If you loved this episode, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at Kelsey Lowe Show. Um, also, too, if you're listening on Spotify, on the profile of the podcast, you can choose five stars. If that's the experience you've had with the show, that really helps the growth of the show as well. Um, or if you're listening on Apple, leave a review, write a little something. It means the world to me, and it helps grow my dream and vision of empowering and inspiring other people and soulful people just like you. A sensitive soul's got to stick together. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you next time.